0: Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3.
1: All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, affiliated with the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Derek. What's up, guys? It's JK3. So we're back recording with the Jag sitting at a two and nine record. Going into the game against the L.A. Rams this Sunday. We've been off for uh, Thanksgiving, so we did not record after the San Francisco game. And uh, and now we're going to sort of catch up on that and the Atlanta game. Um, man,
2: man, man, man. Let's go ahead and get let's let's talk about something exciting first before we get into misery. <laughs> OK, <laughs> All right. let's talk about something. Let's talk about the, the man Benjamin Purdy, man. Are you yeah.
3: before we go before we go into that? Are you a good news or a bad? Like when someone's like, um, there's good news and there's bad news, like which one do you like to hear
2: first? I like to hear the good news, man. I like, <laughs> I like to hear the bad news, okay? Because we already know the bad news. We know it's not yeah. even bad news. It's just it's 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 horrible news. Okay? <laughs> it's it's so bad. Yeah. Like just to even just to even mention or talk about it. Let's talk, let's every, every news, every sports radio, every podcast, let's talk about it. We don't have receivers that separate, okay? Sometimes we get after the quarterback and sometimes we don't. Yeah, the DBs are playing better according to PFF there, da-da-da-da-da. All these metrics, all these numbers, all these graphs, all these things. But it doesn't matter because we're two and nine.
1: Derek, did you want to talk about the good stuff
2: or what? (laughs) Yeah, so we we go talk. You're going deep, but I'm just saying, like, I just get sick of like all I. That's all I hear all day, day. So let's talk about some good stuff first. Let's talk about uh, Benjamin, Um, Corey. You you always, uh, we'll give a shout out to him. Corey's always stops by and, and walks by that guy. He's always you know texting, tweeting about it. Um, obviously I, I've seen him down there at the stadium for years and at different events too, not just at dad games. So um, it's, it's nice that, you know, what, what, what Corey's put together. Um, and that, that's just, that's awesome. That's what it's about. That's what it should be about. Positive things, man. Yo, know, if, if this guy, if he gets to play the national
3: anthem, <laughs> if, he, if he gets to <laughs> play the national anthem at the stadium, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Jag, I know someone from the Jags brass is listening to it, but yo, if 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 he if saxophone man, and if they say now playing national anthem, sac, Benjamin saxophone, saxophone man. man, Purdy, yo, I am I am gonna lose my mind.
1: Yeah, that's funny. That is one of the suggestions that came up. Somebody said uh, the halftime show. Um somebody said ring the bell, I think. Um, so there's no nah, he doesn't need to ring no, he
3: doesn't need to ring the bell. I don't think he can play the saxophone for that long during a halftime show. <laughs> like <laughs> so he's he's got one shot at this, and that's the national anthem. That's it. I, I think but the national be, anthem cool. has gotta have a fire like flyover too. Like it's gotta be a really good flyover and a really good, you know, that yeah, that's and don't and Jay Morris, don't give him a preseason game. We need this guy like Maybe home opener,
2: bro. <laughs> right. Home opener would be crazy. Yeah. Or against the Titans, Some, somebody big, yeah, yeah somebody big to get, exactly. the, to get the fans really going. Well, and we, the funny thing is, and
1: I, maybe you guys knew his name, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't even know his name until we put that tweet up, and somebody shared an article from the Times Union in like 2016. Like, I, I thought I his we, name was Sachs. O phone man. Oh okay. stop.
2: Good it. Stop, it. stop it. Well, we stop talked about it. him. And you talk him you're, you're talking like he a key that man, that man's been, been soothing us for loss after loss for I don't know how many years. And you talking soothing about him us. like he's a like he's a character on Martin saxophone man, brother, <laughs> man, or something like that. No. Pick up the pieces. Yeah. Oh jeez. You need to stop. Bull. Stop, if you man.
1: recall, like, Stop. we we brought him up, I think, Derek, like a ton of times since we started doing this in 2016. Like, I think we've talked about him quite a bit and just never – and I told somebody in uh, the on Twitter today that I felt horrible that I've never, since he's been doing this apparently since the second season the Jags have been around, thought to ever ask for his name or have a conversation with him. So I feel kind of terrible about that, honestly, because um, he is sort of a staple to uh, – Jack's home games. I mean, literally, I can remember, and tons of people wrote us this today, being a kid and seeing that guy. And I almost feel like he looks the same too. It's like he's been the same guy the entire time. Isn't that wild? It's it's,
3: it's insane how, how many people like where he's at and how many like how many, how many venues, how many people recognize him. But it, it's yeah. I mean, I saw him outside when I went and saw Hamilton. He was playing outside of Hamilton. Oh, okay. All right.
2: It, it's just part of the part of what we do have as a culture of a fan base. You know, he's part of that. Um, whether if it's your 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 BCB guys or uh, what is it? Teal Street Hooligan, uh, that area um, the, you know, different different tailgaters all throughout the, the game day. the game day experience. He's part of that. He is part of the culture of Jag fans. And you should be appreciated because you don't have to go out there every Sunday knowing good and well, we're leaving mad. The last thing we want to do is stop and talk to another person. But there he is every Sunday, Mm -hmm. every home, every home game. And so you definitely appreciate people like that because that's that's the kind of positive energy we need in life just in general. But
1: sure. Well just to give a heads up on sort of what we're thinking and the link is I think it's pinned to the top of the Twitter profile now. I'll, I guess I'll leave it there even when this episode uh, goes up. but there's a, a GoFundMe that we set up with a goal of a thousand. We're at 540 right now. we've only been up for like eight hours or maybe even less than that. Um, with the idea that you know we'd get them a gift card. Uh, And then also a thank you note with uh, all the comments that have been sent in so far on Twitter, which there's been a lot and a lot of good ones, actually, and any comments that you may leave on the actual um, GoFundMe page because you can put a comment on there, too. And I've seen a couple of those. So the thought process is do a gift card. Uh, and then like a, a big note or uh, a book of, of those notes all together to give to him. But the main thing that we're trying to get right now, and maybe we'll have this by tonight before this episode even comes up, is it be nice if anybody has a connection to him to get his contact information so that we might be able to coordinate this somehow so that if anybody wants to be there um uh to to give him this then you know we'll we'll have an idea of like when he'll be uh near the stadium what time and all that because the worst thing would be if we're shooting for december 19th to get there and he's not there for whatever reason so <laughs> uh, you know what I mean that would be terrible so I mean, first he, game
3: in first game in like 26 years he had yeah like... <laughs> well
1: i mean you never know so i just I, I i would like to give him a heads up on it in some capacity not all the details we'll make it a surprise but just to expect that fans will be there and maybe what time he gets there and stuff. I don't know, just to make it a little bit fun and let folks that have participated be a part of it if they want to. Um, So anyway, that's uh,
3: some of the, my bad.
1: No, good. I was going to say
3: some of my, some of the favorite, my favorite tweet, and I've been laughing about it all day since he posted it. But the guy that he quoted our tweet and said, uh, I think it was um, juice man 15 walk past saxophone man on the way to the bank, Jags lose, get stuck in downtown traffic to I-95 slash I-10 rinse and repeat.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like Derek was saying, he's part of the the whole thing, the whole deal when you're down there. So sometimes that's uh the whole deal is good or sometimes just pieces of it are good. And he tends to be one of the things that's consistently good. So we have to uh, cherish that, <laughs> but um. But yeah, lots of good participation, lots of good, and you don't have to contribute. I mean, if you don't have the means to do that this time of the year or whatever, you can just put a comment and we'll include that in the note um, in whatever capacity we put that together. So um, so just jump on the Twitter page. If, if you want to be a part of that, let us know. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so that's the positive stuff that uh, Derek wanted to lead with. Now, if you'd like to t- tune out the rest of the podcast, it's all negative from here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, let's start off with the biggest negative. Notre Dame just hired a coach. It's Thursday at 10 o'clock. It looks like they hired a coach about an hour ago, their defensive coordinator. So Urban Meyer was not lying. He does want to stay and try to right the ship. So we are stuck with him for <laughs> at least another season. Um, that that Let's just start it off there. He, he's going to be around. He's going to try to work, make this thing work. And it really, really it sucks. It really sucks, man. Position terrible football out there. I, I I didn't think
3: that we would be at this position, you know, in this like this fandom <clears throat> position, you know, where we are right now. I, I thought that there were been some some bright spots and some things that you know we saw which we have, but I haven't seen a coach unanimously want to you know, or a fan base unanimously you know get after this uh, a coach since Malarkey. Honestly, and, you know, you would think that, you know, with Urban, with it being such a big name and some of the the success that he has, I just don't understand what's going on. And I think it's just no one knows what he's going on, what's what's going on. He has no idea or, and no accountability of who's on the field and what's and what's happening. And I think it's, it's leading into the place like the receivers don't know what they're doing. Um, Jawan Taylor doesn't know when to block and almost getting our quarterback killed. And it's just a, a culture of just unknowing and no one, it's, it's, man, it's just so exhausting. Like it really is just exhausting of just, you know, no account. The only accountability that at least Marone gave us accountability. Yeah. Right. And at, at least we got that from him. At least, we, I mean, that, 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 I mean, at least now we just get, I don't know, we just get puzzled looks and we get, Someone who is just has no idea what is going on and has that life comes at you quick look on his face. Well.
2: Yeah, the, the bad part is—I mean, it's all bad. <laughs> <But> the, the, <laughs> okay. It's all bad. It's all bad. But the 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 part that just is really puzzling is just—don't you want to put a product on the field that competes to win on Sundays? You would think you would think they would for an office. And like, if we had to, if we had to really just like burn this whole thing down and start from scratch. Okay. Let's think about this people. Okay. He, Khan's already shown that his, and a little bit of not an inability, but he picked up bulky who was already here Part of a regime that just didn't know or didn't want or didn't even try to win uh, with some stupid decisions by, by you know, front office. So you pick another piece from that same group and make him the boss. Now you hire a coach who's not proven at this level and you kind of get disappointed with results. At some point, don't you think you need to burn it all up Like burn it all up and try again? Sometimes I, one thing, and we'll, we'll get away from the actual playing and all the other stuff because everybody has already talked about that. Sometimes I wonder if owners don't want the aggressive, you know, proven coach or GM because they want to feel like they have a sense of control. Because if you notice with with your good with your good teams and your good clubs, let, let's let's say the Steelers, for instance, you know they're not leading. They're not knocking, blowing the doors off, but they're consistently in it every year, okay, because they put the right people in place to make the the football decisions. And I'm not saying Khan's not around here making draft picks like Jerry Jones, but are you really making the best decision possible for the team to ensure that you have long-term sustainability? And some owners, they get it, and some owners, they have a mental block on it. That's where we would start. Forget, oh, let's get herbs out of here and move on. No, because if Balky's still here, we're still gonna have the same crap. Same crap. Okay, he's part of that. Part of the old regime.
3: You got. You got to. I mean, Khan had the opportunity to clean shop, um, and and you got to just get everybody out of there. And I think Balky. He he has some 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 ties to that team that went to San Francisco, or excuse me, that team that was in San Francisco that went, um, you know, to the championship. Um, it, you know, he has a little bit of ties, uh, you know, there. But I, that roster was decimated, like within like one or two seasons, with all the talent that they had there. So it, it's he's not a relationship-driven guy. He I, the 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 moves that they're making, and I just don't understand you know, the, we, we hear all these things about, you know, Walker, little this, you know, Cisco that, and if these guys can't beat out and, or if, if um, Cisco can't beat out or isn't getting, you know, um, playing time against Andrew Wingard, I need to know why. And I think this is the best time of the season right now to really start thinking about and seeing where your, your players are and where they are, where, where, you know, where we're going to go for them in the future. I think Tyson Campbell, um, you know, I'm still on the fence or more on the negative side of the fence with him, but I mean, he's come together the last couple of games. Who's to say that, you know, Cisco gets some live fire and, you know, is, you know, outperforms and does better than, than Andrew Wingard, you know? And, and it's like, you, you have the opportunity to really start from ground level zero and now you're in a position where I don't know what uh, Balky's contract or what his status is, but is he able to be let go after this
2: season? Why not? I mean, it, 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 forget. I mean, there's so much. The carousel right now um, can, can get crazy because the demand's there that you, you want to win. So why, why could, wouldn't you let him go? You, you pay him some money and you move on. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. So yeah. if
1: you're fine, if you didn't like the fact that Balky came over from the Dave Caldwell front office, Knowing that Urban didn't, and this is his first year, are you okay with Urban staying and just revamping everything else?
2: I'm just, my, my thing is, when it's going bad, you, you got to burn it up. You got to, everybody's got to go. You can't take a little piece. Okay. We've tried that twice now. Think about this now. Not once, but twice. Marone was on Gus's staff. Now, they did have the little blip that we don't like talking about. And then it went, went crashing back to reality. And then now you've got Balky that was on Caldwell's staff. And for the record, I'm pretty sure Balky, all those guys of the 49ers, especially that 2013 team, yeah. pretty sure they were all there before Balky got there.
4: But like I mean, he all still that- has
2: ties to it, though. Yeah, well, he has saying. ties to it because they went there when he was there, but he didn't build it. That's my thing. I don't think he built it. Yeah, you know, Maybe he Kaepernick had those couple of years, but really that those 49ers teams were about that defense. And I'm pretty sure Willis and company were already there by the time he got there. So I, I just, and, and not to get too buried into the specifics, but we, we should just burn it up and try again. I mean, including, including, like, including urban. Well,
3: not not including Urban. You Urban Urban has the only reason why I okay, so he doesn't get he doesn't get a complete, you know, pass from me, but you know, as a rookie, you know, head coach, you have a rookie um, you know, quarterback. And I just wanna know what was done in preseason for them to look this discombobulated uh in week One Eleven.
1: 11 Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, week eleven right now. What are you doing in week 11 to where, you know, receivers that have been training together, you know, since April, they still aren't on the same page as far as running routes together. Like I I, I want to get behind the actual, I, I want to understand what he's doing as, as far as a, a coaching standpoint. Is he actually, you know, going down, you know, to the receiver's room and saying, guys, what, what, what's going on? Or is this something where he's cascading it to, you know, the, the the wide receivers coach, like I want to know how involved he is. In, he is, And I think only time is going to be able to tell how actually entrenched and involved, you know, some of the things that we've seen during training camp, we saw him, you know, individually working with the players, individually working with, you know, the tight ends to try to get open. Is he still doing that? Or is it now, is it just something where we're going through film and watching film and you're cascading down what you see to the wide receivers coach and expecting the wide receivers coach to, you know, figure that out? Or is this just still you, you just have no idea what's going on, and you don't know if your running back is uh, on the field or not on the field, and you can't answer those questions?
1: Well, based on what we're seeing in the press conferences after the games, at a minimum, we know he's not involved actively on game day because he never can answer a question about which running back should have been in at what time or, or anything else. Right,
2: and then
3: also another thing too that I, that I have a hard time understanding is like how how does how, how does he not know or how like the, again the whole receiving thing I just don't understand how you got people running wrong routes this late in the year and you haven't found ways to get you know Vishka, you know into you know that Cordero Patterson slash you know that 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 um, what's the, what's the guys from um, the 49ers that destroyed us? Uh, Debo. Debo? Yeah. Debo. Like you haven't, you, you you can't get him in a, in a position and do that. Like, I I just don't get like how you can't see what other teams are doing with pieces that are similar to what you have and saying, all right, well, let's try to, you know, scheme in that and try to figure out how we can get the, the ball in this playmaker's hand, how we can, you know, get this playmaker in the space. If he does the right thing and we put him in the right spots, Like, he should be able to be electric. Um, I think right now, as far as bulky goes, just to come back to him, if he is the one behind the pick, which we will find out, if he's the one behind the um, Travis or the uh, the, uh, the, the ETN pick. So if he was behind the ETN pick, you know, knowing that, you know, we've got James Robinson, you know, shame on him for for that. If he's the person – behind um you know the the talent and the scouting and you know picking these players when you've got you know all rookie players that have been made and you know and all rookie you know type players that are contributing to their team and making these things you know that comes on to scouting and that comes on to him because eventually he's got to make the pick i'm like so frustrated and tired of you, and yeah, I know you can't do this in hindsight and you can't draft it in hindsight, but it seems like every time the Jaguar, and you can go back through historically and look at the Jaguars picks and there's, and there's like a sandwich. There's someone that's better than the, the pick. And then in between that is our pick. And then below them is somebody else who's an instant playmaker. And like, I don't understand how that happens. It happens all the time. It's never us making the right pick. And then someone else, and us avoiding the top two picks or the sandwich picking between them. It's like, all right, we'll pick this person. The, like the, uh, another team will pick this person. Jaguars pick bust, and then the other person picks, and it's like perennial All Pro Bowler. Like I don't get it. Like it, I, I have no idea how they continually miss on picks. They miss on. They're they just they just miss. The only thing they don't miss on. Right now, a saxophone man, and if they get rid of him somehow, <laughs> then then it, it, I mean, that's the only thing they don't miss on.
1: That's, that's it, it's true. Yeah, and I'm I'm fairly confident Balky had no, uh, you know, uh, say in that choice. Uh, we've had saxophone man since uh, season two, so um, yeah, I uh, now Derek, I you know, bringing up Urban Meyer and Notre Dame and, and all those rumors that. Kind of opened up a pretty good tangent there about the whole situation. <laughs> no, so,
2: it, it, it's, it's, it's disappointing to really look at how we've gotten to this point. And in this point, what I mean is you're two and nine. Your coach is telling you some of the basic things that they're still not doing correctly. And I won't say they're basic in a sense that, oh, they're supposed to run a five-yard hitch and they're running a go route. It's not that. Like, for instance, when he said routes, and he didn't elaborate on this, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to take a very good educated guess here, is at that level of football, a lot of the receivers and quarterbacks, the routes are based off of coverage. So you could run a drag route. You could put someone in motion and run a drag route, and if the guy fought, if, if the, if the wide receivers followed, you know, it's man. So you'll, you'll come back and you'll drag across the field. But if nobody goes with you and you, you, you're in motion and then you come back across the field, you really don't run a drag. Okay. You, you never run drag routes against the zone defense or else you're, your receiver's going to get lit up. Um, they'll, they'll usually stop and sit down somewhere in the zone. So that's probably what he's talking about is option routes like that, that, the wide receiver and quarterback are on the same page. And what's funny is he says that, and mind you, he's the ding bet that didn't have Trevor Lawrence be the day one starter. He's the ding bet that was sharing reps, making him share reps with a guy. that's not even on the team anymore. Okay. He's the ding bet. All right. That didn't do like from day one in camp, he should have had the receivers together and Trevor Lawrence together and say, All right, guys, here's the book. You need to figure this out. And then come back by after like the first or second preseason game. All right, what are we seeing? What are we not seeing? What are y'all comfortable with? Let me look at the tape and then get back to you the next day. Let me ask you. Can you tell a question. that didn't happen. Let me let me ask you a question. You, right can you tell that didn't happen. Okay, so so what's the difference
3: between him making him making you know, Trevor, the clear cut day one starter and, you know, handing the keys over to the franchise uh, and not making it a quarterback competition or anything else like that. Versus all the extra work that, you know, and all the Instagram stuff that we've been seeing all these things that they've been going, you know, to Clemson and doing all these other, you know, runs and, you know, uh, practices. What's the difference between that type of chemistry and then him making him the number one quarterback?
2: Because you can't simulate the game stuff even when you're just throwing with your buddies. When you're throwing with your buddies, you're just getting used to how, you know, the ball comes out. Where does it come out? Where does he like to break on certain routes? When you're in practice, that's the best place that you can simulate some form of pass rush. Guys that actually are going to hit you. Things like that. Things that throw off timing. Because when you're in shorts and you're up in Clemson, the only thing that's going to throw off your timing is the air or looking at, you know, not focusing. And then when you're in practice, you have actual real guys that can throw off timing. And then when you're in the game, you got guys like Aaron Donald that could just take your timing and, and drop kick it somewhere. Okay. Which is probably what he's going to do on Sunday. Um, That that's, that's why. Their timing is all off. The routes are all off, and I think it starts from 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 day one. That that's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe you know people can have insight. Well, Trevor's playing bad. Personally, I think his foot was really more hurt than he than he than he was leading on because a lot of his balls were coming up short. Um, Receivers are running the wrong routes, calling the wrong plays, blah, blah, blah. PFF says this. You blah, sound, blah, like, blah, you blah, sound blah. like that
3: Coach Sturdy dude on Twitter. He's like, Yeah.
2: The moment's too big, gonna piss down your leg. Like,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, blah, 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 blah. James Robinson's heel. Oh, but Carlos Hyde, you know, he was at Ohio State. Like, uh, yeah. there's all this just random bull. And you can tell the timing is off. It's off. I
3: think a little bit of the sure. timing could be off also just like thinking about it too, is like, you know, right now he's throwing to Marvin Jones who, you know, seems like to be the only, so I could see some of the, I could see some of the stuff there, like with him and Marvin, like him and Marvin have a really good connection. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on with Vishka, um, but, and I can see also with uh, Treadwell how things could be off because maybe they haven't had that time together, um, you know you know they haven't had that report and their opportunity to kind of you know build that. but still though you, you've got to be I think urban has got to put him into more faith the receivers aren't getting separation so you you can't you you, you can't do that. so he's got to actually be a coach and become a little bit more creative and figure out how to get you know players and Visca into you know just favorable you know matchups. He's got to figure out a way to say, OK, I can't trust you to go run this route. Can I trust you to take this speed option? Can I trust you to take this in the round? Can I trust you to, you know, just if I put the ball in your hands, you know, from from a pier, just hike and, and direct handoff or direct snap to you. Will this work? I mean, he's coming out. I mean, and the person that was able to I mean, he mitigated a lot of that with Agnew, but Agnew got hurt. So now we have nobody else that can really kind of create that separation and speed. But then again, though, Agnew is a kickoff returner slash DB turned into a receiver. You know what I mean? And so he has no, like, just, I don't know, man. It's just a a, a mountain of just things that have just continued to overturn and overturn, and uh, it, it,
2: it's, it's terrible. You're onto something, though. Let's look at the team that we played um two weeks ago, the 49ers, Debo Samuel. He's a wide receiver. He's listed technically as a wide receiver. You know, he got eight carries against the Jags for 70-something yards and a touchdown. What did I just say his position was? Wide receiver. Why? Because they know that, obviously, they had, you know, they were on, like, their fourth team running backs Okay, and they ran for 171 yards. I said that a couple weeks ago that they were going to run for a bunch of yards even right. with those bunch of n- no names. And outside of George Kittle and Debo Samuel, someone please name a San Francisco 49ers wide receiver. Exactly. Are you? They figured, no, they figured it bat. out.
3: What's that? <laughs> I was going to say Brandon Ayuk, but he's a running back.
2: Yeah, but they figured it out. They figured out, okay, these are the cards we have, and this is how we have to play, so let's go play. And they figured it out. So if LaVisca needs to line up at tailback, because really, to be honest with you, he looks like a big tailback anyway, put him at tailback. Throw him some shovels, screens, slips, toss, sweep, do something. I don't know. Mix it up. Keep them guessing. When you don't have that type of talent, you gotta play shadow games. And I'm sorry, he keeps trying to run the same stuff over and over again. Um, that eventually people are going to catch on to, and they have caught on to. So that's why I think, like, he's got to do a better job of, of Bevel, which uh, definitely he needs to be part of the fire that's just out uh, out of here. Um, they've got to keep him guessing. Do different. I think things.
3: Bevel. I think Bevel goes before um, before Balky does.
2: I, I think do they, yeah.
3: they, they they both need to go at the same time. But I think Bevel. I think Bevel goes before Balky does, and then I think it also is going to be someone who is. Um, I think the defense is the, uh, again been playing very well, but it just seems like the well, well, they're playing better than what they. And it's hard to say the defense has been playing well because they still keep losing, and I know that it's not like their fault specifically of why they are losing, but they have been playing better football. I will say that. But yeah, Bevel has got to go. Um, I think Bevel has got to be one of the people that you know, if if someone does want to see a head roll on, you know, on if we need something or some type of sacrifice, it's got to be Bevel or someone within that. And then. You know, it's got to be, you know, actually having, you know, someone with experience and really just kind of looking at what the defense and the offense or excuse me, what the defense is giving you and what the defense has been giving other teams in the past. And, you know, kind of kind of creating a game plan off that. I It doesn't look like they watch film. It really doesn't because they come out with the same tired formations and the same tired things and we get the same tired results, which is why I don't think that they're watching film. Like you can't, as Daryl Bevel, as Daryl Bevel and Urban Meyer, you cannot be watching this and not making any adjustments
2: throughout the season. You can't. In, their install period is trash. And in, in the install, and, and what that is, is that's the that's the the period in which they install the game plan, and they'll usually have NFL team. I don't know, maybe thirty scripted plays at the beginning of the game to kind of feel out the defense. And out of those 30 plays, half of them will be things that they've never run, like you've never shown on tape.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So that
2: that, their install period planning is is just uh, you're right, they're terrible, just terrible, man. Yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't. uh, Their their install
3: plan and then the way that they go and execute and actually go out, you know, um, it, it it they they're starting flat. They're not, you know, going through, you know, any type. of, There's no fire. There's no coming out with anything. It's just a whole bunch of just mediocre. Um, they have the ball for, you know, X amount of seconds and then they flip the field. So I think that they've got to figure out how to get started fast. They've got to figure out how to get if if Robinson is actually going to be, you know, if he's going to be limited into his, you know, his options and or limited. If he's going to be a pitch on a pitch count going forward, then you got to find ways to get creative with, you know, maybe maybe Jadon. Brings that spark. Maybe Jadon, you know, is somebody that could that they have to start scheming for now and start getting you know the the hands and or the balls in the hands. I think Visca has definitely got to start taking you know handoffs and you know things from you know out of the backfield. The the tight end situation. I mean, you know, it sucks about Dan Arnold, but you know, O'Shaughnessy is coming back, um, and I think majority of it now the shift is kind of focused over into the offense and why. You know, we are in the you know the situation that we're in right now as far as being competitive and it's a, such a late start. You know, if if there was more even in coming from the um, the and not going to the Falcons game, if we would have had more of an offensive spark, like in that third slash fourth quarter when they were actually moving the ball, like that would have been, you know, that that would have been something that Atlanta wouldn't have been able to keep up with the entire game. So where were those plays being called within that, that long sustaining drive where they scored and then where they were actually making a little bit of a March on the four and uh, in the fourth quarter on that last drive until um, Visco ran the wrong route. You know, where are those things? Like if you run the wrong route in the first quarter, it's different from you running the wrong route in the fourth quarter, obviously because of the impact for it, but you shouldn't be running the wrong route anyway. But the fact that you are actually out there and trying to move the ball, you know, works, but again, too. Atlanta, Trevor threw the ball way too many times. You have got to rely on that running back, you've got to rely on. I would at this point, too, I'd rather see uh um either Ozigbo or Ongo Boale out there versus Carlos Hyde. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> I really
2: would, dude. Like, I hey, mean, hey, what, what's there to lose? What's the what is hey, there to lose? We know what hey, Carlos Hyde is. If, if if Beanie Wells ends up on the team coming out of retirement, then we know like, you know, he's just gone all Ohio Oh, He's to gonna bring us. back Eddie George. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna bring back Eddie George right now. Eddie George hey, is gonna come out. Eddie George man? is
3: gonna come out of retirement. He's gonna try to reinstate, he's gonna try to find a way to get Maurice clarette you know back. And, and that's what he's gonna do. If you if you like that's it. If you want your guys that, and this is the same thing that's ha- and you mentioned it earlier, or mentioned it like a couple days ago in our group chat. He's playing his guys and not the guys.
2: Mm-hmm. It there might guys.
1: Go uh, ahead.
3: No, you. Guys. I was gonna
1: say. I don't know if you remember Steve Spurrier when he first went to the Washington uh, football team. And he brought on uh, Shane Matthews and Danny Werfel and Jabbar Gaffney and like all those guys. Yeah, it's not quite as extreme as that. But I think it's it's reminding me of that when you guys discuss it this way.
2: I well, mean, I can, That's what it is. I can tell you the the playbook is. That's for sure. The playbook. You know, Beville can call the plays all day. But there's definitely, you know, a lot of wrinkles of Urban's playbook, what he likes to run. In there, the the only problem is you're not in college, and Percy Harvin and uh, you know company aren't there, and this isn't college. So he, he has to reinvent himself. I think if he really wants this thing to work, he needs to reinvent himself and, and reinvent his offense and their philosophy and how they do things, because uh, unfortunately, it's just not working, and we've got such an awesome talent. And Trevor Lawrence. You know, we we don't want him after two or three years, like, you know, forget this, man, I need to go somewhere else. You know, we don't want that to happen. I'm not saying it is, but it could. He could get tired of, you know, going up against a cinder block wall every Sunday. Like, oh, you know, I'm throwing the ball 45 times for 200 yards and I got a pick or, I'm running for my life or nobody can get open. So I don't know. I just, we're two and nine. We're about to play a team with a very good defensive line, um, a loud mouse corner that we all know very well. And um, JK three, you're going out there. That's pretty awesome, man. One of the crazies, <laughs> I guess you
3: could say one of the, one of the crazies that's making this trip. <clears throat> out there too so far. but, you know, stadiums uh, to me are just, you know, that's just a destination for me. I, I've got a, I've got a bucket list to see them see the Jags play in, uh, in every stadium. So, um, you know, got to cross those off, but yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. I'm super excited for, for so Um I'm excited to also, uh, you know, see the defense too. I think, um, you know, my shift for excitement, you know, has, has shifted over there because I think, that L.A. is going to propose or going to pose, you know, a a pretty good threat uh, from an offense perspective. But I think this is going to be a really good gauge to see how well they've been playing the second half of the year. I mean, you've got a lot of firepower, you know, on that, you know, on that L.A. roster, you know, with Cooper Cup. Um, You've got uh, Odell Beckham, Stafford. And so and they're coming down on a you know, they're coming down. uh, I think they didn't win. They're on a three game losing streak.
2: 3-3 yeah, three in three,
3: November. Yeah, three-game losing streak right now. So Cullen has probably gone through and taken a look and seen what teams are doing to make them, um, you know, uncomfortable in certain positions and, and, and how that – and I think the defense, you know, would be one of the te- one of the options to leave, keep us into this game. This team matched up very well against Buffalo um, as well, another high-powered offense that we were able to match up with really well and keep us in the game. So hopefully, you know, Cullen has kind of found – that niche of what made, um, you know, w- w- what's what been helping the defense out these last couple or last four uh, four weeks, you know, for, for the Jags. So super excited to, to go to SoFi, man. My first time going to LA. Um, you know, I've got a couple of things that that are on the bucket list that I will, you know, not bucket list, but on the to-do list there. Um, I will go to, I'm going to go to Roscoe's. I'm going to go to Randy's Donuts, uh, you know, while I'm there as well. It's Hollywood sign, all that stuff. So um, you know, a pretty, pretty, pretty exciting trip coming up for me. But you know, seeing SoFi uh, it going to be amazing, and I can't wait to uh, be able to share that with y'all on Twitter.
1: Are you going to yell anything at Jalen Ramsey? Because we'd like you to do that. <laughs> yell at him? Yeah,
3: I'm not a uh, man. You know what? I'm not a yeller at her fans. <laughs> yeller at players. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I am because honestly. I know how big they are, and it's not one of those things that I want to be able to just yell at, except Taven. Uh, except, you know, yell at. <laughs> oh, except Taven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, man, I am. I mean, away games are so tricky because you got to fill out the environment. And majority right. of the away games that I've gone to have been hostile environments. So you got to think about um, Pittsburgh You got to think about, um, you know, this will probably be a hostile environment because they just don't want you going there. Kansas City, uh, hostile environment, Um, yeah. So you you know, you got to really pick and choose your battles because there are more of them than there are, you know, your team there. So So yeah, especially sitting on the the Jags. I will, I will make a sign though. We will. Oh, if the Jags score, that's all fair. And you know, if they score, of course, I, I scream and yeah. That, but even
1: that, it's like you sort of have to like do it, but then not be excessive about it. Oh no! <laughs> right? Oh no no, no! 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 Okay. Don't
2: let them don't don't
3: let the Jaguars get up and like have the lead for a substantial amount of time, because that, okay. then that's when really, that's when I really start chirping at fans, not at players. But that's when I really start chirping. So, um, but no, I think overall, man, it's going to be a great. Uh, I think it's going to be a great experience. Um, you know, great. Uh, atmosphere. Um, it, it's just cool. I'm, I'm excited, man. We, we fly out early in the morning and I'm just super excited about it. But yes, I will, you know, be, be there loud and proud. And if there are any other Jags fans that are going, um, you know, to LA or any other fans that live out in LA or, or that are making that trip, you know, uh, one thing that I did find out when I went to Kansas city, there was a lot of, uh, there was a, a bunch of Jags fans that were on the, the West coast or West side or West, of the U S that kind of met in the middle. So maybe this is an opportunity for, you know, those fans that live in like, um, you know, Colorado, uh, fans that live in California, fans that live in Nevada, Utah, any of those places to really kind of make that trip, you know, to see them play live. So, you know, sure. you never know.
1: Well, you did a good job on the down by the bank in the Pittsburgh playoff game of posting some videos and pictures and everything like that. So we have a commitment from you. I think that you're going to do the same for this game, Right.
3: Oh yeah, for sure, man. No, it it, it is. It's awesome. Um, you know, and I can't wait. I love, love sharing the travels.
1: All right. Well, cool. Um, anything that we wanted to hit on from the, uh, home game experience and Niners and, and Falcons games, I don't, I don't really have anything too crazy. I think the San Francisco fans certainly traveled much more uh, than the Atlanta fans. I don't know about you, JK three, but I don't think the Falcons fans had quite as much granted. They still were pretty good compared to the Jaguars fans, in my opinion, which yeah. is just a whole different topic, but it wasn't the same as the other home games against Buffalo yeah. and San Francisco. It was a little, bland. it has been, it, it
3: was a relief to see it not as, as, <clears throat> as packed, but I think, Atlanta is one of those fan bases that is, you know, I'm, I'm sure, and this is no offense to any Atlanta Falcons fan that is listening to this podcast, but, you know, I kind of feel like they are a, you know, kind of fair weather, casual kind of, you know, kind of, kind of franchise in in my opinion, you know, I feel I I put them in the same, um, you know, I kind of put them in the same uh, category as like the giants, you know, I kind of put them in the same category Um, as the, uh, who else can I think of that, that the, the, the skins or the WFT, you know, right now um, the Panthers, you know, they're kind of within that. Some people can probably put that within the Jaguars as well. Um, But I, you know, I, from a perspective of traveling and going to seeing games and, you know, judging that by people that I know who are fans of quote unquote teams, I know like two Falcons fans and one was there. Um, But I will give a shout out though um, going back to the 49ers game, Um, you know, the team that I work with um, at my place of employment, which I don't really want to disclose where I work. You know, we've got a bunch of of different football fans and different teams there. So it was awesome to really get some of those, um, you know, those team members out to an NFL game. And so, yeah, no, awesome, awesome job, um, you know, getting different fans there. And a lot of people say that they love our stadium. So I I have no idea.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's actually – Because if you look at the fan cam thing for every game that my daughter and I've been to this year, we always sit near away fans. And uh, it's almost weird. Honestly, it's like we just picked the wrong section or something. But yeah, you do uh, sit on the visiting side. Yeah, we do, but it's like, you know, there's still a good contingent of Jacks fans, but just in our our couple of rows, we're always surrounded by them. So it's it's odd. But um they do all have really good things to say about the stadium. Always the video boards are always really impressed with, you know, they always get a kick out of the pool stuff and, and always seem to think they can just like go up there and get in it, like it's just like some regular <laughs> public pool. Um and that and they're
3: they're always impressed
1: with Jacksonville. They're like, does he do that every game? And it's like, yes. well, we don't know how many more games he's gonna do it since he
3: got stuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I
1: was going to ask about because we were late getting up there, and so we didn't see him jump for like the first time ever. And I, I thought I saw on Twitter that he like had to land in the 400 section or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he did. That's wild. That's um, scary, right? Yeah. No, that's yeah, that. Uh, that would be nerve wracking. Um, hey, but Corey, did you know at the last game uh, Samuel was at the game? Samuel Jackson. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did yeah, see that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I saw man. that that uh, that that retweet. Um, uh, I'm I'm telling you right now, I thought I saw Shaft. I, I thought yeah. I saw Shaft, man, at, at the game. I was kind of like, wow, man.
1: <laughs> Didn't uh, J.K. Three invite him? Didn't you have a connection with Samuel <laughs> I think so. L. Jackson? So you've got a connection,
2: yeah. Yeah,
3: I've got a, I've got a, uh, <laughs> I've got a connection with him. All right.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Your father is Samuel o. Jackson. That's the connection. You know, when, um, when he sit when he sent the picture, I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, "Oh, Mace Windu looking like man. Yeah, he he looks like he, Samuel L. Like, yeah, you
3: know, I get that. All the, I, I get it all. And the funny thing about my dad is that he has like a resting angry face, and he's like the nicest guy on earth. He just always looks mad, and like everyone is always just like, "Man." I want to ask him, but you know, your, you know, your dad looks like Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, tell him. And he hates that. That's the only thing that he hates, but (laughs) yeah, no, man, it was, it was awesome to get my, um, you know, my parents out to the game. Uh, they got some type of, um, lucky. They met some person out in the tailgate that I had never met before. And he offered them tickets and they (laughs) sat front row. Wow. Yeah. They were, they were sitting, they were supposed to sit next to me, but they sat front row. So, and then my mom, my mom has retired. She's worked, uh, she worked like 40 years. And so now she's living her best life. And it's like, yeah, um, I think I have to get my season tickets. They're going to be here next year. And I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what a flex. Funny. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Even though the attendance isn't great, don't you still get the feeling that when the Jags were showing life, that the crowd still gets loud. They still get still into there? it. And that's what makes it so much more crushing when we have all those instances that just beat you down during the, the game where it's like, we'll have a good stop or a good play. And then there's a penalty and there's a penalty and there's a penalty or there's you yeah. know, whatever. And um it beats the life out of you throughout the game. But I tell you when, when we're, when we're, you know, getting after it, the fans are still getting loud. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of proud of the Jags fan case in that, in that last game, just because I felt like even though, the you know, stadium wasn't like packed or anything. It was
2: a pretty decent, uh, decent little turnout. You put, you put an average team on that field. You put a seven and you put a seven and 10 team on that field. And you'll hear that stadium get loud. Yeah. You put a 10 and seven team on that field. Khan's going to need a bigger stadium. Yeah. Just, I, I just guess, saying, because we have it. passionate football fans here.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like people, and this is where I, where it gets frustrating talking about this is, gosh, doesn't it feel like we've had the same conversation for years now on this podcast about at this point in the season being bummed out and just completely exhausted? Like the the fans are there. If they could just, like you said, it doesn't even have to be a 500 team. It could be right under 500 and everybody would be psyched. I mean, the expectations yeah. are low. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're very low, and we can't even get to to
4: that.
2: You know, man, man. But hey, um, well, JK three man, enjoy enjoy your trip out there. Um, I, I definitely uh, think that Aaron Donald's going to eat our lunch, and um, he's, he's going to go up against Ben Barch. He's uh, a big man. Ben, um, you better get ready. Hopefully, Andrew Norrell can help you out. Um, obviously, they got a. Uh, I, I like to call them Coke bottle, Coke bottle glasses. Uh, oh gosh,
4: <laughs> Von Miller,
2: Von um, um, Miller. <laughs> have you ever seen him when he wears his glasses? Them mm-hmm. things are this thick. Is, yeah.
3: This is the second time. This Super is the second thick. Time he's uh, second time he's he's played the Jags this year.
2: Yeah, and so you know, put a put a blocker on him. Yeah, he might have lost a step, or he's not playing. Whatever. You Still got to put a blocker on him. Don't get in, please. For the love of all, Trevor. I know you don't listen to us. Maybe you do. We don't know. I hope you do. But do not throw an interception to Jalen. Oh my God! Please. If if we lose, I'm expecting that. (laughs) But do not throw a pig to Jalen. Yeah. That would OK, because then he's going to say something on Instagram or social media and we'll have a, a 50,000 people say something to him and then he'll quote some type of uh, devotional and saying, I love you all, <laughs> which we know is crap. OK, coming from him. devotional. Um, <laughs> No, because that's what he does. It's like he, he, runs his, he runs his mouth. And then the next morning, he's like, you know, quoting the Bible verse of devotion. I'm like, man, pick one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> you can't pop off, you know, you can't, you can't pop off like that and then turn around and be like, oh, but that's like, you know, going to the club on Saturday night, being out till four and being in church Sunday morning.
1: Yeah. So, but anyway. But, but only the church that serves uh, boneless wings. Oh, geez. Um, no, no,
3: no. We're not a <laughs> boneless
1: <this> congregation. Yeah. <laughs> We are, we are not a boneless congregation. Um, all right. So uh, one last thing, just because I, I think we've made a habit of doing this each week. But there, uh, since you were just speaking on it, two and nine record now, what are we looking at after Sunday?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, you don't have to, like, hype us up. I mean, tell me what you really think. You know what I mean?
2: I mean, two and ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> Two, like, how do how you, how you want me to spin it? Two and ten. <laughs> I and, and
2: I say it not just because of the performance of the Jags, but for the fact that LA's lost three straight. Okay, mm. They're trying to make a Super Bowl run. They're not trying to make the playoffs. They're trying to make a Super Bowl run. And if they don't win this game, I'm pretty sure they're going to be seven and five. Is, is that right? Are they seven and four? They're gonna be like seven and five or something like that, and they're gonna be in real trouble. And they're and they're supposed to remember they traded, you know, all their picks, they signed OBJ, they gave Jalen all that money, you know, they got Matt Stafford in the offseason. So they're gonna be scratching and clawing because if it if, if they lose to us, which hey, we'll be the first to take it, okay? Our fan base. But if they lose us, then they're gonna have major problems. Their owners are gonna be like, wait a minute, hold on now. <laughs> like what <laughs> like huh? hold on man i got to come downstairs sean what you doing Jalen? why <laughs> are you running your mouth like we just lost so but two and ten that's my prediction
1: all right two and ten jk3 where are you at on it oh um two and ten <laughs> okay great good discussion <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, what a brutal season! Once again, um, it would be.
3: I mean, cool brutal, to... dude. Brutal yeah. season. It's been brutal for
1: brutal life.
3: <laughs> it's been <laughs> brutal life. <laughs> like, you know how hard it is. You know how hard it is to to talk about a team that is just mistake. That I mean, yo, this is this is us. This is this is it. <laughs> we're here. We're in. We're this is us, man.
1: You guys are pretty optimistic, though, because I will say, like, this is – even the last episode we recorded, there was some positive spin. Like, I think, Derek, you were still trying to, like, make it sound like we were going to have wins, but now you both sound very defeated. Bro, no, the only, is, thing, the only thing that's positive
3: going into this game is that the Rams have lost three games in a mm-hmm. row. That's the only thing that's positive. After that, you know, I, I mean, this was one of the games that we – Looked at the calendar and thought that we were, you know, weren't, weren't didn't have a shot because we had Atlanta and we also had the Niners who we had, who we thought we had shots against. So with them, it's like, OK, we had a shot against the Niners. We, 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 we saw the Niners being a threat, but, you know, there was a way that we could possibly, you know, kind of hold them. Atlanta, OK, Atlanta's coming in same boat there's no way we're not as good as the falcons we've got trevor they've got maddie ice you know
2: blah 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 here we are yeah I'll, I'll i'll tell you this the sometimes the rams and this is why i think they they've lost three straight and it actually plays into our favor sometimes they get away from their running game and they just keep throwing it and throw it and throw it and it's not they could be winning and they'll still do it. They used to do it with Jared Goff all the time. The reason why we beat Buffalo, besides them making a ton of mistakes, is they don't run, they didn't run the ball. They 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 probably throw for every three times they throw, they run one. The Rams show similar characteristics like that. They they definitely can. Now, obviously, if you look at the game plan, the game plan will tell you to run the ball against us. Let's see if they stay true to that or if they start getting pass happy because that's what we really want. We want them to get pass happy. Yeah, we got the rookies and, yeah, we got, the um, oh, gosh, the the terrible safety. Um, Can't even say his name. It's so late. But we want our defensive line going up against their O-line trying to get to Matt Stafford because he can be shaken. Matt Stafford might be a good quarterback, but he's no, like, you know, Tom Brady type, okay? He can be shaken very easily if we can hit him. And so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm still picking two and 10, but the Rams sometimes do get away from that running game. When they get away from it is when they have majority of their problems, especially if OBJ's over there bitching and whining that he hadn't got the ball thrown to him.
1: All right. Well, I think with that, um, we'll leave it there record again after next week hopefully uh maybe it'll work out we'll be three and nine and we'll we'll pick up a win but uh either way jk3 <laughs> will keep us uh up to date live from a fan's perspective in the stadium let us know how it looks how you know how the opposing fans are, are treating him who knows maybe he'll end up on a uh, viral video getting into a fight with la fans that would be interesting oh, no,
2: say. Oh, don't do that <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. You don't man. say that. Don't do that. Nope. Uh, you're don't nope. Say you that.
1: nope. I can't jinx you. You just choose not to do that. And you'll be fine. No, I mean no, no jinxing
2: me. We ain't gonna get into the reasons why. Look, don't go, go out there. Nope. Nope. You just nope. did. Uh, okay. Well. Just take it and walk away. If it
1: happens, just make sure somebody records it. So we got you know something to watch. Um but uh, anyway, so we'll leave it there. Uh, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. Uh, give oh, us a follow. Oh, yeah, donate, my, donate to that link too, man. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin Saxophone Man Purdy. Uh, I believe we picked up some more donations while we were recording. Some more uh, tweets. So, uh, Blythe had a tweet to us a second ago, uh, just talking about how everybody Ooh. should should uh, Blythe. Uh, uh, what's your last name? Brum Levy. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Blythe. Like I know. Yeah. Multiple bytes. Oh, okay. Really? I, didn't know <laughs> no, I, that don't. Just, I don't know <laughs> uh, that, you know, just encouraging. And I actually encourage people to do this, go through uh, all the replies and the quote te- tweets that we've uh, seen on that topic, because there's some really good stories in there and just, you know, super nice comments and people, uh, you know, just mentioning how, uh, you know, just the, the, times they've interacted with him in the past. Like you said, not even at the stadium, but other events too. So it's kind of cool, but yeah, jump on the uh, GoFundMe page, drop five bucks on there or, uh, you know, whatever you're comfortable with doing. And uh, we'll try to coordinate something to support him. Hopefully at the next home game on December 19th, a little Christmas gift. Um, We're also on Spotify and Google podcasts as well. And we're part of the blue wire podcast network. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.